0: On this week's episode, will Watch Dogs Legion continue or end the series? Animaniacs is back on Hulu and is 007 up for the highest bidder. All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos.
1: Welcome to
0: the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, GameSource, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, follow, subscribe... Or do whatever you can to support us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, Game Source, the Super BS Gamescast, and Topicocalypse. It is truly appreciated. I also want to give a big shout out to our friends at Retro City Games. You have until the end of this month to save up to 10%. That's right, 10% off storewide at both their Town Square and Henderson locations. So share the love if you're in the Las Vegas area. Go ahead, stop by, get some retro gaming in. Go ahead, check out what they had. They have a great selection of games and a whole bunch of pop culture products at both their town square and Henderson locations. And until the end of the month, Halloween, it's 10% off store-wide. So check it out today at our good friends at Retro City Games. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He's our own haunting of Bly Manor. You got to check out how he haunts us today at popculturecosmos.com, the Super B.S. Gamescast, and Topicocalypse. It is my good friend. It is. Josh Peterson. I would say normally, what's up, man? But a trip, I think, that you've got coming up to take us on. So go ahead. Once again, it's Josh's trip down the window.
1: Everyone, uh, get there running shoes on ready to do do a little stretches this one might be a a stretch you know there's rumors of that good old mass effect remaster coming out here so according to pc gamer which i guess is kind of reliable the rumored mass effect hd remaster hold on let me find the right this is written by fraser brown just giving credit to where it's due the rumored mass effect hd remaster has become a bit more tangible now that the Game Rating and Administration Committee of Korea has just rated the Legendary Edition. So, I don't know, this is starting to feel a little more real than just a rumor. So, I guess now it's just a question of is it going to be hitting us in December or next year? It's obviously not going to make that rumored October release date, but it's sounding very real because this is the second time we've heard like rumors of its existence right as far as like that one store put up a pre-order for it and then pulled it down and now we hear that the korean game board is rating it so i don't know it's starting to feel real man what are you thinking
0: we'll know november 7th on
1: mass effect day yeah
0: that's mass where effect it, day. you're gonna know or not know Yeah i mean it's, it's either going to come out in the not too distant future and they're going to make an announcement on n7 day or they're not. Uh, I mean, because that's the Mass Effect day. That's the best day now. I mean, if you didn't want to tell us before, if you weren't sure before, Electronic Arts and and BioWare, then the best time to do it, I guess, is on N7 Day. So I think everybody's now expecting some type of announcement on N7 Day. And if not, then who knows when it's going to come out. It's probably going to be delayed or in purgatory forever. So We'll wait and see, but yeah. We're going to know one way or the other on N7 Day.
1: Yeah. All right. Our next piece of uh, rumor news here is that, I don't know about you, but I was a huge fan of the Star Wars Force Unleashed games, and it really bummed me out to find out that that was becoming Star Wars Legacy and not canon. But according to com, and this story is written by Joe Pring. The Force Unleashed 3 is reportedly in the early stages of development, and I am kind of excited if this is true. So they're talking about, the Force Unleashed was a story about Starkiller, right, as Darth Vader's apprentice, and we find out it's a Darth Vader clone, if I remember correctly. And they left the second game on a cliffhanger, and the second game I think came out 10 years ago, if not longer than that. And people have been clamoring for a sequel ever since. And now I think with the success of Jedi Fallen Order, that there has been a reinvigorated interest in this game. So I'm hopeful that this one turns out to be true, but it also makes me excited because it would officially turn the Force Unleashed into canon. I also know that the company that made Fallen Order is not going to be able to create this one because I'm sure they're working on a sequel to Fallen Order. So it makes me wonder... If this is true, who is the development going to be tasked to?
0: It's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. But uh, I, I know with, like you said, it's something that a lot of people will be looking forward to if that happens, but the first two were pretty darn good. And I'd like to see something that will go ahead and continue that process. If that's the case, and it'd be a nice way to go ahead and revive that. Although there were other Star Wars projects that also were canceled over the years. 1313 is probably the one I'd probably want to go ahead and start the most cuz that looked really really good that unfortunately yeah. got then there was the one that uncharted creator Amy Henning. also that one got cut as well so we'll see if that materializes but it's good to hear that at least you know now they're understanding after the success of Fallen Order hey we really be a great idea if we continue these narratives in the Star Wars universe these story driven games in the Star Wars universe because they can actually do us a lot of good.
1: Yeah, and people like them.
0: Absolutely. What are your thoughts out there on a possible Star Wars The Force Unleashed 3? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com We've got a great episode coming up. A lot of things to talk about today, including... I've got a review of Borat 2. No spoilers, and I'm going to keep it clean. Because they don't keep it clean in that movie. Deathstroke is coming to the Snyder's Cut. Watchdogs Legion... Will it continue or end the series when it debuts later this week? Ben Arno from Smoking Hot Confessions is stopping by on today's program. He's going to be talking about superhero movies, of all things. So I'm looking forward to our conversation on that. Rambo coming up in a DLC for Mortal Kombat 11. We're going to see if that moves the needle for you at all coming up later in the program. Animaniacs on Hulu as well. But first, my friend, 007, No Time to Die. That was really one of the first movies to really start making a shift towards releasing at a different point in time. And then the last time it made a shift away and out of 2021, that caused Cineworld, which owns a ton of theaters in the UK and some even here in the US, and I think under the Regal Corporation, I think when we talked about it, that decision led to that company, and maybe not entirely, but it sure put some weight into it, that company closing its theaters. Well, there's been even more talk because there's a story that came out on Variety.com that said that MGM, the parent company of the 007 series, was actually shopping around No Time to Die to streaming formats, looking for a $600 million payday for no time to die to debut right on streaming outlets they pitched it to i'm assuming disney they pitched it to netflix of course apple plus the whole nine yards anybody who might be interested in forking over 600 million dollars so i ask you this my friend this was something that it doesn't look like anybody bid on it but it just tells you what possibly could be the going rate for Let's say Sony or any other studio that has maybe an IP that they really want to go ahead and put out a movie right away, and they just are going to go ahead and bypass the theaters entirely. This just might actually change the landscape going forward on how we go ahead and have films come to market.
1: Yeah, I wonder if it's a flat rate of 600 million or if there's some kind of like, you know, percentages involved in there of like every stream or click or whatever happens after that, because that feels very low, especially for. You know, a film franchise that I'm sure averages probably, I'm I'm assuming, seven or eight hundred million. Because they've only uh, had
0: one Skyfall that did a billion. The one after it, that one did around seven, eight hundred million, I think.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm I'm wondering if there's some kind of like percentages that goes per every click after the six hundred million. Honestly, like I am a big proponent of releasing things on streaming. You know, we talked about Tenet, right? How Tenet was this movie supposed to be viewed in theaters and it ended up not doing so well. So I think that that's a good example. And so we're looking at this, you know, again, I don't think that life will be normal. You know, come 2021, I think we're going to be seeing the effects of COVID until I would say late 2021 at the earliest. So we might get to a point where they have to put it out on some kind of streaming service or else people are going to lose interest in it or just let it go out again just to save the movie theater. So it's, I don't know. But I think that releasing it on a streaming service is a great idea. I don't see Disney picking something like that up, but I most definitely see it on a platform like- HBO it? Max,
0: wow. it could be on Peacock.
1: Yeah, well, I was thinking Apple Plus or- um, Netflix. I could see it. I can see it on Amazon Prime even, you know, I can see it being big there.
0: Because they've just purchased Coming to America and a Michael B. Jordan film as well that they just picked up that they paid for from Paramount. So these studios are starting to just say, you know what, if we're not sure about this property or not sure about this film, we're just gonna go ahead and sell it off to the highest bidder.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I can I can definitely see them selling it i wonder if that's still a thing because i keep seeing it in past tense on these headlines where it says was being considered so i wonder if it's still something that is but yeah i mean i would i would like it i mean i would i'm a huge fan of daniel craig's james bond so of course i love to watch it anytime Mm -hmm. i can get my hands on it but it makes sense at this point
0: daniel craig's james bond at first didn't click with me but really over the years he's he's grown to be one of the best james bonds ever i'm in agreement with you there now i'm intrigued to see his character going forward and this supposedly will be his last appearance in the series whether or not he gets killed off or, or whatever i think that it's going to be something that i would love to see as well because i've seen all the other james bonds movies so i need to continue the process and to see it straight to streaming would be great because i'm not going out in the theaters i if i was close to watching tenant in theaters but i just outweighed the risks the benefits the risks the benefits and right now it's still for me not a great thing to go out to the theaters so if anything would be great to go to to streaming right now that black widow and maybe wonder woman going to hbo max black widow going to disney plus and like you said, James Bond going somewhere as far as the streaming market is concerned would be a great way to go ahead and spice up the home viewing right now.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I wonder if, you know, other companies have done this before and they would ju- they're just like at the point where they're saying, no, this is not coming on streaming service. But I wonder if they considered it and they just didn't get the price tag that they were after. But I think a drastic choice is going to have to be made here sooner rather than later if not just the the theater industry, but just the movie industry in general wants to stay alive.
0: If it does go straight to streaming and MGM gets their price on it as far as where they're going to go ahead, because they have deals already set up straight to theater as far as a new studio that's going to be putting it out there as far as both internationally and domestically. They've got that all set up, but They've decided if they want to go straight to streaming because of what's going on with the environment. I think that will really dictate going forward exactly how a lot of these movie studios will start playing out a lot of these delayed releases. Again, Greyhound went straight to Apple+. Plus. That was going to go to the theaters, but that got moved over to a streaming format. Again, Coming to America is going to show up later this year, I believe, on Amazon And then you've got other projects as well that were destined to go ahead and be on a theater format, bypass that altogether, or do some type of small hybrid. The latest Bill and Ted, that was something that was, I guess you could say was a hybrid, but mainly that was a straight to home streaming because even though it was out in theaters, it really didn't count on anything as far as being able to, to generate in the theaters So basically, they were earning virtually everything off of the home streaming. So we're going to see this experimentation continue forward. And if, like you said, it's going to be very interesting to see how the future of this plays out with all these different projects that have been shelved or been pushed back, if they're going to end up straight to streaming and how much money ultimately is either spent or cost each and every project
1: yeah I mean like I said a, a big choice is gonna have to be made here soon and you know we'll we'll see how the movie industry functions after that because the unfortunate thing is before COVID happened right a lot of these movies were already done they're just waiting for their release date and now you know I feel like if they're continue to sit on them with no guarantee of them ever seeing the light of day then they're kind of being put in a place where it's like put it out or or, you know face whatever economic consequences come with keeping it in
0: yeah exactly so we're gonna see how this plays out and we'll let you know what's going on with no time to die as any updates come out for it right here at the pop culture cosmos what are your thoughts out there on no time to die are you excited about the possibility that it may just jump straight to the streaming formats share us your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com
2: Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast.
0: For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break Podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Animaniacs, my friend, Animaniacs. You can go ahead and sing the song yourself on it because I I don't want to do it injustice. But Animaniacs is being reborn again. 13 episodes are coming to Hulu. I know a lot of people are excited for this 1990s animated series coming back that breaks the fourth wall, goes ahead and tears down Hollywood. Executive produced by Steven Spielberg. Makes a lot of fun of his films very jokingly. And also in a very loving way as well. In fact, the trailer actually pokes fun at Jurassic Park, the original. I want to hear your thoughts on Animaniacs coming back to Hulu. I don't know if it's going to be something that a lot of people are going to actually start signing up to Hulu for, but it would be great to go ahead and see this show become a success once again.
1: I'm curious why Hulu or Disney got the rights to this instead of Warner Brothers. That kind of baffles me because Animaniacs is a Warner Brothers property. So exactly. I'm, and and the, they,
0: they blatantly tell you in each and every episode back then.
1: Well, if I remember correctly, didn't they live in the Warner Brothers tower? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's, and they were all knows, over the man, studio he, and
0: Warner Brothers was all yeah. over the place. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe there was some kind of like, contract deal that happened a while ago before Disney bought Fox. I don't know. But anyways, yeah, it's cool. I mean, I I remember being a kid and watching this and like, you know, not being like crazy into it. Like it made me laugh a few times. But to me, it was kind of like Ren and Stimpy. Like there's so much going on all the time that I just I didn't have the brain for it, if that makes sense. Like, you know how... You turn on Cartoon Network now and like these shows are specifically designed for kids whose minds move a million miles a minute. And I don't want to like stereotype, but I mean, like the kids who have like focusing issues, those are the ones that those shows are geared towards, I feel like. So like I. Attention
0: deficit disorder.
1: I mean, I I guess in a way, there's just there's too much for like my mind to grasp onto all at once. But I know there are people who really liked it, and they were always like the high energy kids that I grew up with. So, so
0: you're saying because um, I love Ren and Stimpy, I've got attention deficit disorder?
1: (laughs) I don't know, man. You ever get tested? No, I'm just kidding. Here's my thought. Okay, so this morning, you know, I watched Power Rangers with my girls. You know, and I remember I sat there thinking on the couch, and I was like, you know what? there aren't any like cartoons on ever. Like they're all, we have all these streaming services, but there's no like, I guess, kids corner, you could call it, where kids could go to watch cartoons, you know? Well, when, Saturday morning when I,
0: cartoons are now a thing of the past, my friend, that they're a whole lineup.
1: Yeah, I remember I'd wake up and watch Fox Kids and on Fox Kids, you'd find, you know, your Power Rangers and you'd find your Spider-Man and Fantastic Four, whatever else came on after that. And then you can turn on like ABC7, you had Recess and The Weekenders. You go to Warner Brothers, you had Animaniacs and the Justice League and the The New Adventures of Superman. You just, you don't have that anymore. And so I think that, I really think it's a great idea to bring back a show like Animaniacs. And I hope that they have more kid properties popping up on these apps. And my my big hope here in the future is that like, hey, they have a block, right? The show's Saturday morning cartoons, and you can just sit there. Like, they cue them up for you. Like, that would be really cool. So you just hit play, and it'll go through, like, an episode of this, an episode of this, an episode of this, and that'll go for, like, three or four hours like it did when I was a kid. That would be awesome.
0: There you go. That would be awesome indeed. Just, you know, skip the commercials. But I will say that for me... Animaniacs was okay. Uh, I do like shows or movies. I mean, obviously, Deadpool, the original, was great, breaking down the fourth wall. I mean, this did it to an extent quite a bit. It was breaking down the fourth wall seemingly every two minutes on that show, and it was tearing down Hollywood and all the tropes, and I don't know, it's just something that I watched and I just didn't really get into a 100% but I am going to give the reboot a try to see if I can go ahead and if it clicks with me this time but I think that it's going to be something that a lot of people that are looking for that nostalgia kick as you and I both know doing this show nostalgia weighs heavily on how Hollywood and the entertainment industry perceives Viewing audiences, and that nostalgia is supposedly very high on that list. So, I am looking forward to it. I'm not super excited for it, but I am looking forward to it, and I will give it a shot when it comes back on on Hulu. So, I'm I'm interested to see how it is. I think it's coming out later this year, if I'm not mistaken. So, I want to see where that lies. But last question on this. I mean, it is Steven Spielberg executive producing it, so he obviously is going to be the brunt as he was in the original series of much of the jokes headed towards his way. What does that say when you go ahead and executive Bruce a show that basically is a roast of you for an entire series?
1: I think it says a lot about Spielberg's character. I mean, I think it, it goes to show that like, Hey, I can laugh at myself. I think that this is probably therapeutic for him. Like yeah. he, He has, all of his insecurities are laid out. Like, he can't show insecurities as the big power director he is. But in Animaniacs, like, famously, all of his insecurities have been seemingly laid out on the line for joke after joke after joke. So I actually commend the man on something like this.
0: Well, new episodes, 13 of them, will be coming out on Hulu starting on November 20th. So look for that if you're a big Animaniacs fan And let us know your thoughts on the reboot of Animaniacs and if it really gets you excited right here at PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, there's more to talk about on today's program. A lot to talk about indeed, including guess what just debuted this past weekend on Amazon Prime. We talked about it on the Friday show, TJ Johnson and I, and thank him so much for going in and stopping by on the program. That was Borat subsequent movie film aka borat 2 the sequel and i talked with you beforehand my friend and i you know just if you can elaborate again your thoughts on why you weren't as excited to go ahead and see the borat subsequent movie film
1: you know i my exact words before were like i'm not 13 anymore i just like don't have any desire to watch that but it stems deeper than that you know how i always talk about like comps, right like the hangover and like what really ruins it for me is just all the people just quoting it time and time and time again that's Borat for me like I just I don't have any desire to watch it because I just I, I feel like I will eternally be exhausted just from all of the people who will not stop quoting the first movie so will I watch it eventually probably it's not at the top of my queue like it'll probably take me months before I get to it
0: very nice
1: years now thank you
0: yes so i just wanted to impress that quote upon so actually the first one didn't really click with me i understood what it did i understood what message it was trying to convey and i understand it was it was all about going ahead and embarrassing the individuals that were not actors on it ie sasha barry cohen you never know fully if it's staged or not, but the idea was to make the other individuals in on the screen look like real idiots, and it did a great job in doing that, but you know I wasn't just overwhelmingly laughing at it, and it didn't stay with me it didn't resonate with me but flash forward fourteen years later, and Borat's subsequent movie film just debuted with audiences just before the election and I'm going to tell people out there I understand right now we're in a very divisive point of time politically you're left or right da 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 don't watch this film from a left or right stance and I'm not going to go into details or break down spoilers and is concerned because I know a lot of people still haven't watched it and still want to I'm going to see if I can reach out to my good friend Jason Dutch from The Voice from the Underground and be on his show so I can go ahead and full spoilers because it does get into political realm and, he, and like I said, we try to keep the show apolitical and not political. But I will say that Borat 2 as a movie is a very darn good one. Actually, right now it's at or near the top of my list of the top movies this year. And it's not because of the zaniness per se, because there is some of that. And the jokes or the scenes that he goes in and interacts with regular people, some of it's a hit and some of it's a miss. But it's actually the story that's interwoven between a father and his daughter played in the movie by Maria Bakalova, which is the reason why you want to see this film because that part of it is really, really, really well done. And there's a twist at the end, brings it up good as well. It's very funny at the end. It's really funny at the beginning and at the end. The scenes in this homeland are hilarious. Like I said, the scenes in America, all the zaniness, things that he does are really hit and miss. Some of it's really funny. Some of it's like cringing. Some of it's like awkward. Some of it's like maybe over the line. But the story that's interwoven between it, between a father and daughter is really, really good. And I'm going to tell you right now, Josh, her name again is Maria Bakalova. She kills it. She kills it. Absolutely. You're going to hear her name over the next couple of weeks as being someone that is this debut star because this, this is her debut performance. She, she auditioned for it. She was on interview. She auditioned for it. Over 600 women tried out for it. She's 24 years old, but she plays a 15-year-old daughter, which is part of the gag in the film. And I'm telling you right now, she matches step for step with Sasha Barricone in the film. And Sasha Barricone is Borat. He does a good job. It's what you expect out of Borat. But I'm gonna tell you right now, Josh, Maria Bakalova is the reason why you want to see this film.
1: Okay. All right. I mean, I've I've seen the trailers. I have been intrigued by it. But yeah, I mean, when I get to it, I will let you know. And let me ask you this though. Do you think that she could show up in other things? Or do you think that Borat was like her debut, but also like the nail in the coffin of her career.
0: Well, like Sasha Baron Cohen, how he does such a great job of diving into characters and he becomes like a chameleon because he has so many different types of roles that he can play from Ali G to Talladega Nights and leading up to the Trial of Chicago 7. He has so many different facets of his game and he can blend in so many characters. That's why he's such a great actor, first and foremost, and also a very good comedian as well. I don't know how well she would do as far as a dramatic sense. I'm I'm assuming in the years following, we're going to find out. But from this sense, she totally dove into the character and she did an outstanding job. You're going to see her in more work going forward. This will not be the one and done for her because she did such an outstanding job.
1: All right. All right. Right on. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I will check it out and, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's, it's something that really does propel her career forward.
0: I hope it does as well. But again, Borat 2, it gets a really high rating for me as a movie, as a comedy. Like I said, you got to take it for what it's worth. The scenes hit and the some scenes miss. Some scenes are awkward. Some scenes are cringeworthy. Some scenes are really out loud funny. But you have to go ahead and check out Borat to, excuse me, Borat Subsequent Movie Film for short. There's an even longer name, which actually tells you pretty much what the story is meant to be about. At least the, on the surface, that is. But there are layers of this movie that you've got to go ahead and investigate further on. But I'll let you decide that for yourself if you go ahead and check out Borat 2 today on Amazon Prime. What are your thoughts out there on Borat, Subsequent Movie Film? We'd love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com Coming up right after the break, it's our good friend Ben Arnaud from Smoking Hot Confessions. He's going to be talking some superhero movies and more. Plus, on the back end, Josh and I are going to be talking about Watch Dogs Legion. Could this be the end of the Watch Dogs series? And Rambo for Mortal Kombat 11. We're going to talk about those things and more coming up after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure.
0: Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get? How will he get it? And how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. All right, and we're back with the program. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is my good friend indeed. It is Ben Arnaud. you got to check out what he's doing today at smokinghotconfessions.com and basically type in the words Smoking Hot Confessions, and SHC will just come up all over the place on any medium, any social media, any forum, any outlet, and the group that he has on Facebook that has – over ten thousand people, I think, on it. If you're fifteen thousand people. At least on your page, you've got fifteen thousand people you like. So there are thousands and thousands of people who just basically follow this man. I hope it's not like a cult, man. I hope I don't. I hope I've not been part of a. Well, you know what? Sometimes your food smells so good from where I'm sitting here in the states. You know what? I might be a food cult. So you know there you
2: go i'm still working on my tax-free status so it's not a cult yet
0: okay okay well you know it does drive me towards costco towards the meat section every time i do but he is a good <laughs> yeah. man indeed you got to check out what he's doing today at smoking hot confessions everywhere you go it has been no it's always great to talk to you my friend
2: thank you for having me man it's uh it, it's been a while since i've seen you now i think but uh it's it's good to be here and it's good to see that you're well and, and that your show's doing so well as well i'd Every time I jump onto uh, onto Facebook, I see Pop Culture Cosmos everywhere.
0: Well, I'm trying to be as active as I can, whatever it's uh, NBA or fantasy football, or as you know, that we're used to pop culture. I try to do the best I can, man, with trying to go ahead and provide some type of cool outlet for people to turn to in such dark times. So I'm going to go ahead and try and do my best to do that. But you're here to turn around my day hopefully in that's regards good. to let's talk about some stuff that's going on in your life in regards to what you're seeing out there. And before we get into what you first came onto the show for many years ago, and it has been many years. See it now. Statistically, not just for you, like, you know, dealing with me feels like many years. I want to go <laughs> ahead into it and talk to you about basically what you're looking forward to, because you know, we see more changes and more changes when it comes to the Snyder cut from even last time we talked and there's more and more being added to it, so I know you're gonna be excited for that. But when it comes to all these superhero movies, I know for you it's just changed so much, but again, even though it gets pushed back, it's been pushed back, been pushed back, all these IPs, I know you're excited when something drops down for you when it comes out.
2: There's heaps of things that I've been waiting for for a really long time. One of them is the Black Widow movie. I just wish Disney would just put it out onto demand already, uh, because I gotta say, Melbourne in, in in victoria here was supposed to be released from lockdown literally at midday today mm. and he's just announced that he's going to be continuing lockdown
0: it's it's a very scary period of time so we need that type of diversion and we need that type of, of something in our lives to look forward to and in the past couple of years in the past 10 years it's been superhero movies you, you know, the amazement yeah. of Marvel and where it's gone and, and now DC being from the the afterthought and the joke to something that's more relative and more, well, basically for us on the show, we've treated for the first period of time as an been, afterthought yeah. because they weren't treating themselves, you know, as a serious nature, at least what the end result was. But they've now gone full circle and are now something to be... Look forward to. I mean, with Wonder Woman 84, that's basically sitting on a shelf right now. Will it come out this Christmas? We don't know. You know, again, that's another movie that would be just awesome to go straight to HBO Max, and let's just go ahead and do it. But obviously, the hundreds of millions of dollars that they're already going to be losing behind it, it's not going to get better. It's not going to get better anytime soon. So I think some of these movies have to start going ahead and, and realizing, you know what, bite the bullet now. Let's go ahead and get these out and start turning some type of revenue. Let's just get these movies out on streaming. You know the theaters limited as they are. Let's just get these movies done and over with, it so we can go on and move from there. You're not going to make your money back at this point.
2: No, no, and I think that there's um, that there is a case to be made for for making it pay on demand. So Mulan went straight to to pay on demand on Disney Plus there, which we have here at the house. And I mean, it's it's thirty bucks, and I'm not going to spend thirty bucks to watch Mulan. I did. Did you? I did. And. I was had a young lady bucks, in my life who
0: really wanted to go ahead and watch it. My whole family wanted to. Was it worth the 30 bucks? I mean, when you go ahead and say maybe $7 an individual, eh, it, was, it was an or, uh, I guess, okay movie at best. But it really didn't move the needle. But again, enough people bought it. Maybe it's something that might
2: work down the road. Well, see, now this is my point. So... For us here in Australia it's a bit more expensive to go to the movies than just seven bucks. So you're looking at about sort of fifteen to twenty two dollars yeah. for a movie ticket. So by the time even just for my small family of three, it's gonna cost me seventy five bucks minimum, eighty bucks by the time I get to the cinema buy all the snacks and all that sort of stuff. So I did not pay to see Mulan on that pay on demand through Disney Plus, but I absolutely would pay to see Black Widow, for example. And I would happily pay thirty bucks you know, for that. You and I yeah.
0: both. Yeah. Take my money. Right yeah, there.
2: exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't think that we would be the only one. So I think that it's there's got to be a point where, you know, if they hold off waiting to deliver it in the cinema for so long, by the time they finally do, people are going to be like, ah, oh, I'm kind of over the buzz of this now and I'll just wait for it to come out for free on Disney+. Plus. So I, I think that there is a case we made for for hurrying these things up. Now, Getting back to what you were saying about DC, there's a ton of interesting stuff coming out there for for HBO Max, which I don't think we get here in Australia. But there are, you know, the internet being the internet, there are other ways of finding things. But I would happily pay for it if it was available here in Australia. And the Snyder cut of uh, of Justice League sounds amazing. I don't know how I feel. That I was just reading the last two days about Leto's Joker making an appearance, and, d- and also the, Joseph Mangiello,
0: cut. who is in a the end scene, he is Deathstroke. He is making a larger entry into this. He's being brought back to film more scenes. How much more, we don't know, but he is obviously going to be something more than just the end credit scene we saw in the theatrical cut.
2: Yeah, now Manganiello as, as Deathstroke is something that I am excited about, and I would love to see more, mostly because my wife really loves Manganiello, and any time he's on screen, that always ends really well for me. But Jared Leto's Joker... I just I'm mm, I don't know if I'm not if I'm all that excited about it I didn't really like although I mean to be fair we didn't get to see what the director intended in Suicide Squad so maybe that's why his character doesn't really sit well with me it's just not something that I'm super excited about seeing some more green lanterns appearing does sound pretty good I, I do like the sound of that I would like to see John Diggle from Arrow on the CW I, I would like to see him have his turn in an arrow verse. But yeah, I mean, I think that the DC universe is definitely taking itself a lot more seriously and sort of reevaluating their directions. It's going to be interesting to see if this new Snyder Cut is going to kind of erase the previous direction that they had been taking and sort of realign their course for future movies, or if they're just going to have it just be like a little... HBO Max special event type thing and just leave it at that. I think that's going to prove quite interesting.
0: I'm just in agreement with you there. This is something that's going to be quite interesting. At the time we had last spoke, it seemed like the rumors were going to be where they're only going to put 25 to $40 million into it. Obviously, that price tag has gone even higher. And when all is said and done, if you include the reshoots and the original shoots, again, maybe HBO Max will never see the kind of return that it expected on it. But if it gets or garners HBO Max a huge windfall as far as new subscriptions or just people watching it, that's a win for Justice League. I don't know if it's going to change anything as far as the DCEU, which is going to be a shame. But I wish that it had been given the kind of quality the first time around because we would be seeing a very different or organized DCEU. Than what we're seeing now where it's scattered all over the place between 15 different Batmans and, you know, Wonder Woman, In which decade is she going to appear next and, and all that. So even though the stuff we're seeing is good when it comes to the Joker, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, all nine yards now, or the movies are finally good, it's still all over the place. And I wanted that overarching narrative, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to see that until the Flashpoint movie comes in pretty much either puts an eraser on a lot of it which is going to be a shame because i wanted to see the batfleck grow even more but he doesn't want any more part of it after what we're going to see maybe some small scenes and now michael keaton's batman is going to be the one that's taking his place instead
2: yeah i i I was hoping that we were going to get to this multiple batman stuff yeah oh the 15 batmans that's right yeah, I'm I'm super stoked about Michael Keaton making a comeback cuz he's actually my my favorite Batman. That's one of the first movies I can remember going to see as a kid was the 1989 Batman and it's it's still my favorite one. It's still my favorite. And and I like so said I'm, really I'm not discrediting
0: it at all because I saw it and I enjoyed his character as well and and he is truly sensational. But there were things that were set up in the Justice League with Batfleck which I would have liked to have seen materialize that we never will like a relationship with wonder woman and just the way he developed will he He never really got his own movie his own standalone no, movie which he should have been allowed to, to given his own standalone movie before we say batfleck was a failure but we'll never know because he was never given the opportunity
2: yeah that's true that's true yeah yeah although i mean you know if if this hbo max does prove to be a huge success and the check's big enough you know we may see ben affleck come back again still on the batman thing i've been watching all these little bits of clips and things from the batman what are we up to now 2021 or 2022 yeah. or they it, keep changing. The i think it's on
0: 2022 it. i think that's the latest one now. yeah although yeah. it's subject to change without notice
2: mm. and it's almost like they're trying to turn batman into like an emo punk yeah and I just don't know how I sit with that. I mean, watching the footage of Edward Cullen there with his, you know, he's he's got his dark eye makeup almost like the crow and he's he's got that kind of that floppy, soft, almost long black hair. And it's like, ah, I just don't know if, if emo punk is going to be the thing. But then I was reading something really interesting that was saying that Flashpoint is going to say that Edward Cullen, and I know that I'm using his Twilight name now, I can't remember the actor's name, it's, I'm mental blanking, he is not going to be technically replacing the Fleck. he's just gonna be an alternate reality Batman yeah. that's gonna be introduced through Flashpoint.
0: Robert Pattinson, as far as Robert it's Pattinson, yeah. yes. So yes, yes, yes. with Robert Pattinson, yeah, like you said, it's gonna be something altogether different. Whether it's good or not, again, it's gonna be judged on its own merit, but you know, it's something that again, the DC is going to with Flashpoint, whenever it comes out, try to retcon some of it and get the DCEU back in line, which will be the shame if they never revisit the Justice League, because if it does turn out to be very successful, the Zack Snyder cut, and people will want more, it's going to be very... You've you've got yourself almost like a, a good problem on your hands, because you've created a scenario where you finally got something right several years after you tried to get it right in the first place, when you already have other plans in place to go ahead and go into a different direction. So again, if it's a hit and it's a really big one, it's going to be a good problem
2: to have for Warner Brothers. How would you feel if they did try and hit it from both angles? So they did say Flashpoint sets up all these different alternate realities. And instead of having one through line like the MCEU, they're going to say, Here's a story from this reality, and here's a story from that reality. How would you feel about that, or would you prefer one consistent line? As long as the
0: aspirin is near me, because I'm going to probably get a headache, I'll be okay.
2: <laughs> That's from eye strain from trying to determine what, what's happening on those dark DCEU screens. Exactly, exactly, but
0: <laughs> I'll tell you what, my friend, it's been great talking to as always, but before we head on out, I need you to go ahead and give everyone the lowdown on why. Smoking Hot Confessions not only is a great place to go that's not a cult, but my gosh, the smell, (laughs) not yet, but the smell of the great food that might come that way might just lead you all the way in.
2: Yeah, so Smoking Hot Confessions, we're Australia's number one source for all things barbecue. And through the podcast, we explore not just the Australian barbecue scene, but the American barbecue scene as well. One of my most recent episodes, I was talking with Ray Sheehan of Barbecue Buddha from New Jersey, for example, and talking about his new cookbook and all that sort of thing. So we do cover all all the different corners of the barbecue industry. We do recipes, we do how-tos, we do advice, we do different videos for different things that you can do on the grill. We've got our podcast, which is now released in video and in audio form as well, which has gone great guns. So, you know, we really hit it from all sides. We do have the smokinghotconfessions.com website where you can go to grab all some Smoking Hot hats and T-shirts and very important vacuum insulated drinking containers, which is always very important to keep your water icy cold while you're barbecuing. And all of that sort of gear as well. So the website is the hub for everything. That's where we do post all the recipes and the how-tos, tips, advice, articles. Each episode of the podcast gets its own page on there. And then we are all over the socials as well. So YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. I do have a TikTok account, but I'm not particularly uh, disciplined about TikToking. Just let the grill sing instead of you. yeah. That could be quite interesting, actually. I could just sort of grab the Weber lid and sort of lift it up in time with the music to make it look like the Weber's singing. I, yes. I like that.
0: There you go. <laughs> well, Once again, just type in Smoking Hot Confessions and the whole experience of great barbecue grilling, great ideas, great people to talk to, and so much more is all right there for you. The videos, the podcasts, the articles, so much more. It's all right there for you at Smoking Hot Confessions. And again, there's no better place to go for all your food needs than SmokingHotConfessions.com. Well, my friend, it's been great talking as always. I love it when I get to talk to my great friend from Australia, Ben Arnaud. So many years dealing with me, this yank right here in the U.S., I guess is how you guys say it. I'm just so pleased and so honored as always. I will get you back on the program ASAP. And again, I just might do it straight from the grill. Sounds good to
2: me, mate. I look forward to it.
0: I look forward to it as well, and as always, I look forward to having you a part of the pop culture cosmos. Want to give a big shout out to our friends at Retro City Games, where it's ten percent off store wide throughout the entire month of October, either in Henderson or Las Vegas. They've got two great stores. Please head on down there to support local businesses today, right here at Retro City Games. Want to thank so much Ben Arno for stopping by on this week's Pop Culture Cosmos. Cannot kind of thank him enough for doing so? And I'm looking forward to extending our conversation on next week's program. Well, my friend, before we head on out, three last things, my friend, to talk about. Deathstroke, coming to the Snyder's Cut. We talked about it last week with TJ Johnson as far as the Joker, Jared Leto's Joker, heading to the Snyder's Cut to film some scenes. Now we hear Joe Manganiello, who did Deathstroke in the original. Justice League that cut you saw him at the in the after credit scene playing Deathstroke. He's coming back to film more stuff. So I want to hear your thoughts on Deathstroke and maybe even the Joker as well. I didn't get a chance to talk to you about it. All this emphasis being put on Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League.
1: You know, I keep seeing all these things: Joker's coming back, um, Deathstroke's Deathstroke. coming back, back, Ben Affleck's and coming back. Ben Affleck's. We haven't seen anything yet about Jesse Eisenberg. I know he has a, always said that he has is not interested in coming back but it's making it feel like they're taking the the movie that was Justice League and kind of turning it into a streaming series because I was wondering how they're gonna get enough footage you know there, there couldn't have been eight hours worth of footage for Justice League so I'm curious like how it's all going to work out and it it makes sense but I also think that it's a big opportunity for them they can take characters that people aren't really into and they could make them interesting again. Like this is a their opportunity. I think that Zack Snyder is good at doing stuff like this, taking characters like the Watchmen, for example, and making them interesting on the big screens. I feel good about this.
0: What are your thoughts out there on Joe Manginello putting on the suit for Deathstroke once again and heading over to the Snyder cut? Do you feel about the same way as the Joker? Is there something different there? Is it something you're excited about? I know there was a lot of talk about Joseph Manginello's character as Deathstroke being the central point as far as the Batman movie with Ben Affleck that was supposed to have been in production about him being the central villain of that and that unfortunately going awry. So where do you think this goes from here as far as Deathstroke's character within the realm of the Snyder Cut for the Justice League? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, before we head on out, my friend, two last things, Watch Dogs Legion, which we already did a major preview for on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, wherever you get your podcasts. Check that out because I had two great interviews with TJ Johnson and Hugh Van Lee on that show. It is a really nice deep dive into their love, their background with Watch Dogs, and what their expectations are for the game coming up. But Josh, it is coming out on the back end of the week. That is Watch Dogs Legion. But I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. I know you're not as excited for it as some of the other games upcoming. And there's we're going to talk about that other game that's coming up here in a bit. But when it comes, out to, when it comes to Watch Dogs Legion, do you think it's going to be a hit? Do you think it's going to be a miss? Do you think this could be the end of Watch Dogs? Or do you think this will be something that will carry the series even more?
1: Uh, it's hard to say really like I was not really excited about it until I heard that you could play as Aiden Pierce and there are like specific story beats tailored to Aiden Pierce's character. I need a solid narrative thread. You know, I need something to take me from one, one side of the story to the other. It's hard for me. The idea of playing as all these different characters because it's just, it becomes confusing, but I know a lot of people are excited about that. The ability to like play as different characters, try out different abilities hit different story beats like Yeah. And I can see where that'd be exciting, but I feel like, you know, what makes Assassin's Creed so successful in their own right is that there are things that tie one game to the next with watchdogs you're playing is completely different characters. You're playing in different places. So it's, it's hard. And I can see why it's not as popular as Assassin's Creed. So I think in order to make that happen, they need something that really ties ties them all together and i feel like they have yet to find that element you know as for whether or not this is going to end the series i i don't think so uh, i'm i do want to see how the reviews pan out but you know I, I think there's still enough narrative to to go there from what i understand Watch Dogs zoo do is actually pretty good so i think there's probably still enough like creativity in that ip that we could probably see a couple more games but what are your thoughts
0: I think there is more narrative there, whether or not Ubisoft wants to go ahead and support it. I'm assuming that they will, since you've seen how far they'll stretch out the Far Cry series, how far they'll stretch out the Assassin's Creed series. But I can tell right now that it's not one of the highest platform series for them yet. Rainbow Six Siege and how well it's done in its afterlife as far as extending that game for years and years and years. I'm assuming that Watch Dogs will go ahead and continue in some form or fashion, but to, you know, I know the hype came out back in E3 2012 with that famous video that they showed off that they were thinking at that point in time that that would be their own GTA, that that would be their own major IP for them going forward along with their others. It hasn't quite turned out that way. It's been like not at the top tier, but right below it as a second tier tier maybe a, a 1a type deal for them whether or not it's going to become a level one is i think up to watchdogs legion how well it sells this time around
1: yeah i mean exactly so notice how like there's been two three four year gaps in between these games you know yeah. so i and the fact it, that assassin's it, it, creed
0: comes out two weeks later why would you go yeah. ahead and do that if it was one of your top top uh, we'll, games
1: Watch Dogs got, but you got to remember too, Watchdogs got pushed back several times. I think it was, come, it was supposed to originally come out last February. So I don't, you know, I think they just had a game that needed to get to market. The release dates were kind of left them without a choice. But Watch Dogs definitely seems like a risky property for Ubisoft and it's gotten mixed acclaim from different sources. So the fate of the franchise could very well rely on how well this game does. And we'll all be watching.
0: We will all be watching indeed. But we want to hear your thoughts on Watch Dogs Legion. Do you think it's going to be a big success? Are you excited for it? We want to hear your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. And again, if you want to go ahead and check out our deep dive into Watch Dogs Legion, please check out our game source profile. It's really, I think, something that I think any Watch Dogs fan would love to check out. It's our thoughts on Watch Dogs Legion. Please check it out today on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, wherever you get your podcasts. And coming up on Wednesday of this week on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, it is our deep dive into Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which someone who is just to my left, I think, right here, had some words on, along with Marcus de la Garza. So it was a sit down with these two and a deep dive into what makes Assassin's Creed tick. And why these guys are excited about assassin's creed valhalla so i'm looking forward to hearing their thoughts and i'm hoping you will as well when our game source profile of assassin's creed valhalla hits the pop culture cosmos channel on wednesday wherever you get your podcasts well my friend it's been a great episode i cannot thank you enough for joining me but before we head on out Got to go ahead and get your bullet belts on, put them around your your waist and your shoulders, man, and get your your gun out and all that, because it's time to head back And MK11. Mortal Kombat 11 is going ahead and dropping some new DLC, and again, it's another familiar IP, as they've done in the past. They've had some really well-known horror and also superhero-type Mortal Kombat DLC that they've issued in recent years and need I say that they're going to do that again with Rambo another 80s icon coming to MK11 so I want to ask you this and actually Sylvester Stallone Sly himself not a voice actor will be reprising the role specifically for Rambo in MK11 so I want to hear your thoughts on Rambo as DLC coming To Mortal Kombat 11?
1: I mean, I'm not hugely invested in the Mortal Kombat franchise. I think that they do go well together. I mean, look at how just like hyper violent Bloody Rambo is. You have someone walk out into the field and they explode and just guts rain down. I think it's they. Why why are you you shouting? Yeah, so I think it's definitely a perfect fit for Mortal Kombat, even more so than a lot of the other like DLC characters they've had over the years. So. I mean, I guess my thought here is what took him so long.
0: Well, maybe it was licensing. Maybe it was the almighty dollar. The price finally became right to go ahead and add Rambo in there. Yeah, exactly. Money indeed. But there's one question I ask. Where is Shaggy? Because Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, there was all these memes and a petition to go ahead and put Shaggy in Mortal Kombat 11, and it never did materialize what are your thoughts on shaggy so far not being in mortal Kombat 11
1: uh yeah it's a bummer i honestly don't think that hanna-barbera or whoever owns the rise of scooby-doo would be okay with having shaggy and his mortal eyeballs Kombat. ripped
0: out or something
1: yeah that could be like devastating to them as a kids show so i don't think that that would be smart for them
0: no it wouldn't be smart at all no I think that if it even was approached, if Ed Boon, the creator of Mortal Kombat, or at that time, midway, way back when, but now I think it's a Warner Brothers game, Warner Brothers calls up. and Actually, I think they're all under the Warner Brothers umbrella. But still, even that's the case, one studio goes to the other studio and says, hey, um, how about Shaggy over in the MK11? I think there would be a zoinks before the phone clicks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't see that happening and it would be funny. I mean, it it was one of like the biggest memes of what, 2018 or 19. So it would be funny and I'm sure people would love to play Shaggy, but like how long until there's just a bunch of videos all over YouTube with the different like finishing moves done on Shaggy, like that could completely ruin that character, which is, is such a big staple for that company.
0: I bet you someone's trying to code in a hack for it if they've got it on PC. I'm assuming that at some point in time we may see whether Warner Brothers wants it or not. Shaggy going ahead and becoming a part of MK11. But Rambo is officially part of MK11. So I want to ask you this before we head on out. If there is any IP property you would love to see in MK11, which would actually get you to buy MK11, what would it be?
1: You know, I honestly, like, I am really bad at fighting games. But if there was any one character,
0: any one character or IP property?
1: Hellboy. I would buy Mortal Kombat if it had Hellboy in it. Like, if it had even just, like, a story DLC that I could play as Hellboy, I would totally buy the next Mortal Kombat game.
0: And have his finishing move to be... Putting out the guy's base with the cigar as the last kicker—that
1: would be cool. But I just want to hear him go, "Ah, oh, crap!" because that's like a famous Hellboy line. I just want to hear that every time, like he either gets finished or he initiates his own finishing move. Maybe like ripping his horns off and like shoving them into the collarbones of the person he's fighting. That could be cool. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, definitely, like I would buy it if I had like a Hellboy edition for sure.
0: But if Shaggy was in it officially, I think I'd buy it. It'd be awesome to hear him say, "Zoinks!" Mortal Kombat!
1: Okay, alright, I, I, can, I can get on board with that.
0: What are your thoughts out there on Rambo shooting up everyone in Mortal Kombat 11 as new DLC? Are you willing to go back into the game now that Rambo and Sly Stallone voicing the character is now part of it? We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com Well, man, it's been a great episode. Once again, we're going to go ahead and move our Black Friday coverage to next week, where we're going to go ahead and preview the first of the three Walmart ads. We're going to go ahead and give you the lowdown on that. Plus, our Halloween episode is coming up this week on the PCC Multiverse. So we're looking forward to that. We're going to go ahead and start our Black Friday coverage on the next episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. But, Josh, my friend, my compadre, Any last thoughts on the way out?
1: Yeah, I started playing Resident Evil 7 last night and I'm like 15 minutes into the game and I am terrified. So I want to talk about that next episode.
0: There you go. It'll be just after Halloween when we talk. Still an interesting time to go ahead and talk about it. Stay tuned for later this week when Marcus de la Garza and I talk Halloween stuff and more this week on the PCC Multiverse as well. So for Josh Peterson, this is Cheryl Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great.